Hello everybody, you're very welcome to the Open Training College podcast series. In this podcast for the Bachelor of Arts in Professional Social Care Disability Year 2, our topic expert Conan is going to be discussing the module Quality and Risk in the Context of Regulation and he will be giving you some guidance on the upcoming exam for this module. So enjoy the podcast and the very best of luck to you in your exam. Again, just put it through the chat or you can raise your hands. I know Neve and uh, Tony will be keeping an eye out. That's what the aim is just to just briefly recap on the learning objectives of the module. That's all the detail is that's what, in the presentation and your module handbook. Uh, so we'll be just touching briefly on the learning objectives and covering some of the I suppose, aspects that are discussed further in the, the module handbook and the presentation. I suppose if you, met, if there, you can ask questions whenever suits, but there is a time at the end of it just to. So we can discuss any aspects of the module which anybody has any questions about. Uh, so, then, uh, so the last piece is just to provide you a bit of guidance on your compulsory scene questions, which you would have, uh, I suppose, that you all have at this stage. And uh, also we can have a discussion on how you might go about answering that question. So I suppose the, one, of the, one of the first learning outcomes was to explain key concepts within quality, what it means for human services and the importance of customer expectations and why services should have a quality management system. So in the presentations in module handbook, there's a I suppose there's a, a lot of time spent on quality of service and quality of life, and the outline point are hard to define. That's very subjective. My view of a quality service may be completely different than someone else's view of a quality service. And this is why we need to know our customers very well. Our customers are the people we support. We need to know their expectations, their needs, wants, wishes, so we can meet their. So their view of what a quality service or quality of life looks like in the in the presentation in the module, I suppose quality of life is further broken down to provide dimensions and I suppose what they may look like. It's the same with quality of service, but uh, for this presentation, I keep it at very high level. And um, if anyone has any particular questions, you can I suppose raise a hand or put in a chat. Um, and I suppose one way that we can look at quality and the way a service can manage quality is using a quality management system. Uh, so this is a way that they can look at I suppose, the various processes and procedures, inputs and outputs, and make sure that I suppose, everything is going the way we want it to go and we are improving the service to meet our customers' expectations, provide a quality of service and quality of life. Um, and uh, there's two related concepts introduced of total quality management and continuous quality improvement, um, which is underpin as was a quality management system. Uh, total quality management is uh, where everybody is involved in the quality of uh, improving the quality of the service, not just the quality of the department. It's, uh, it's everybody's responsibility to take part and try and improve the service. Um, and that's what the best way to think about that is uh, if you think of a factory, it might be a, a fantastic product, uh, really high quality being developed, but it might be let down by poor marketing. So you need to have quality throughout, it's not just that particular department's responsibility. And so that's related then to continuous quality improvements, which is a so that we're consistently looking at our product, our service, and we're constantly trying to improve it. And quality is never static. So uh, the easiest I suppose, example of this would be I suppose TVs or phones. Uh, they're constantly changing, constantly getting smaller, bigger, flatter, and um, or faster. Uh, so we're we're constantly looking at how we can do better. So in a human services. So that might be looking at the service we're providing and saying, what are we doing well? What might need a bit of improvement? And how can we go about that? 
so so that's the, the first learning outcome uh we're kind of we, we're looking at as quality and what it means and the importance of customer expectations and so that leads us on to a quality management system and what that is so a quality management system as i said is a is a system to try and improve quality across the service and uh there's some essential elements of a quality system um and so in a general quality system there are five key components uh there's the written man you've got your written standard where the provider or the service provider sets out as a standard that everybody's aware of it's written down so everybody knows what they are uh as so the key thing with the standards is that they're not too high but they're unachievable and people may become as it was they may become lose interest in achieving quality if, if it's unachievable but they're not too low that they don't really make a difference and improve the quality of the service the second component is that we do we assess how we're doing and we do this on a frequent basis be it monthly quarterly yearly depending on what the standard is and that we're constantly checking that we're looking for what's maybe a barrier what's causing trouble and why can't we meet it and what can we do to try and achieve it um the third component is external checking so that's people like i suppose the health information quality authority or the council for quality and leadership where someone might come in externally and just check how we're doing and uh their feedback might highlight some processes or procedures which may need improvement in order to meet our standard and um, i suppose the fourth component is feedback and so this ties in with the fourth quality management approach that staff are involved in improving quality in the service that uh everybody's involved the staff have an opportunity to highlight concerns challenges barriers and maybe potential solutions to so trying to meet our standards and also the final piece is the, the response mechanism in a quality management system all this information we're gathering regarding standards assessments checking and feedback that all has to be put to use we need to open an action plan or some sort of response to ensure meeting our standards drive quality um, and also this on the second side of the slide there is that there are four aspects i suppose that a service may look at using the quality management system and that could be inputs these are things like buildings equipment staffing and um, i suppose the key thing to note is having great inputs doesn't necessarily mean a great service um, inputs are very important for, for a foundation of a quality service but they don't guarantee everything is a uh, brilliant and of a high quality on its own and uh, the other aspects are processes and a process and procedures how we do things outputs and outcomes out the uh, so the outputs is quite challenging in a human service it's uh, in a factory that's how many boxes we can produce in a week in a human services while we might say we can support 10 people it's not really showing the quality uh, outcomes are probably more relevant in a human service where we look at the quality of life and that's what the outcomes of the work we're doing so uh, outputs can be quite challenging to phrase in that as well human services so, so that was that's the second i suppose key learning outcome from the whole module that uh, this was that uh, we want to be informed of when we're looking at our exam uh the third learning outcome very quickly and again not to not to repeat myself too much because uh, all this information is in the presentations and in the in the module handbook is look at the evolution of approaches to quality and i suppose quality management systems currently in use of these services for people with disabilities one of the first presentations we look at the, the move from the medical model of care provide what's supposed to view disability as a, a largely medical issue that can be treated yeah, and really 
supported people in segregated settings um, and really caused a lot of disempowerment for people with disabilities. And we, in the 1980s, we discussed the move into the social model of care. So there's been a lot of changes the last kind of 40 years in service provision. Um, so social model care, I suppose, what it recognises people have an impairment. It also, I suppose, it challenges society, saying if there are people have become disabled due to lack of accessibility or due to attitude issues. Um, that is not, I suppose, the disability itself. Uh, and I suppose there are also been significant key examples are from the Equality Acts regarding employment, where disability is one of the nine, I suppose, uh, grounds of discrimination listed in it. Uh, the Health Act, which saw the introduction of the Health Information Equality Authority to regulate disability services. Um, we also is still in the process of being enacted, but it's, it's a significant move. Uh, as was the supporting decision making and informed decisions for people with disabilities. And uh, we also, as was in 2018, ratified the UN Convention on the Organization, moving towards quality and inclusion and a better quality of life and better quality service. Or, one point, I suppose, the periodic service review personal outcome measures in the CASO system, the EFQ, our system of a quality management system. And um, that's what the key one in the module is the periodic service review. There's an entire unit dedicated to that, as well, discussing the aspects of a periodic service review. Under the periodic service review, there's kind of four key aspects, which is setting standards, monitoring performance, feedback, and staff training. And uh, so that's probably the that's probably the more the general one that you'll be more familiar with. Uh, there's no, I suppose, in terms of the other, you might be quite familiar with personal outcome measures. That's a uh, quite commonly used across as a way of measuring quality of life for people with disabilities. Under uh, personal outcome measures, there's five, there's five, what we can do to, I suppose, improve staff knowledge and skills, I suppose, to meet our standards. So in, under the periodic service review, there's kind of four key aspects, which is setting standards, monitoring performance, feedback, and staff training. Um, and so that's probably the, that's probably the more the general one that you'll be more familiar with. Uh, there's no, I suppose, in terms of the other, you might be quite familiar with personal outcome measures. That's uh, that's quite commonly used across as a way of measuring quality of life for people with disabilities. Under uh, personal outcome measures, there's five, there's five um, features, uh, which include, I suppose, my, my security, my community, my relationships, my choices and my goals, and that's further broken down, I think, to 23 factors. And you're able to, I suppose, the, the service can I suppose, review with someone and look at their life and, I suppose, identify if there's any gaps there, what we can do to work with the person to ensure quality of life and quality of service for them. Uh, uh, I suppose the, the next quality management system is a, an external off-the-shelf quality management system. It's the practical quality assurance system for small organizations uh, or called the CASO. Um, that looks at 12 key features of a quality system. And uh, it includes governance, leadership, resources, and management of change. As, uh, the service can invite two external examiners in, and you can earn a CASO quality map if needed. And as the final one is the European Foundation for Quality Management, the EFQM. That's a that's an assessment template for quality that services can take and adapt to a disability service. And that looks uh, that looks at assessing towards excellence, where you assess inputs and outputs and try and drive excellence in sort of a drive towards excellence in the service. The inputs include people, processes, leadership, and governance. The the uh, the outputs also look at uh, human as uh, so human outputs, people outputs, society outputs, and look at the results. And looks for areas that can improve and move towards quality.
that's what's central to all this as well as the people we support they're our customer they are central to any quality system uh, we must engage with people with disabilities in order to drive quality and meet their cost meet their needs uh, I suppose in terms of the in terms of the quality systems there's an awful lot of them uh, as I said the key one is periodic service review it, uh, it it's very detailed and there's an entire unit provided in the in the in the module handbook uh, there's no one answer to as with the quality management systems uh, services you work for may use different elements of different ones uh, it depends on the service themselves how they decided to implement a quality management system as with the final learning outcome was to look at risk assessment and develop strategies for conducting risk assessments to ensure and enhance quality of life for service users. Uh, again, I suppose the, the, mod, the presentations would highlight and the module handbook highlight the key steps of the risk management cycle. We look at risk identification, how we might go about identifying risks through brainstorming with I suppose, staff members from uh, trending and evaluating I suppose, incidents and claims and trying to see if there's things we can improve on. And um, once we are risk identified, we analyze it and evaluate it and try and see where it fits on a risk matrix and kind of get our I suppose again we can get an initial risk rating. All this is a highlights if we need to I suppose do any further treatment to it or whether we can accept the risk. And um, so the third step is to treat the risk if it's too high and come up with I suppose measures or controls in order to reduce the risk. And then I suppose it's at the final step of our risk management cycle is to continue to monitor and review the risk. To ensure that we are maintaining, I suppose, oversight of it, and ensure that the risk is as low as possible. And um, again, that's highlighted in a lot more detail in your module handbook, the presentation. Um, and there's a case study as part of this presentation, which highlights, I suppose, how we might go about going through those each step. And um, I suppose the, the really interesting part of, I suppose, risk management and human services is the balancing act and the real tension between duty of care and dignity of risk. As well as health and social care professional professionals, there's a duty of care to each as well as each service user and resident that um as well as you don't take unnecessary risks and that you protect them as much as as well as you can and that they're as well as they live a safe life. Um, however, there is a as well as on the opposite side of that balancing act is dignity of risk. Uh, risk is a part of everyone's daily life, um, and it's it can lead to really rewarding and beneficial experiences such as independence and autonomy um, and trying to balance as well supporting people with disabilities to take take risks and I suppose enjoy those good the positive things in life while also protecting them is a, is a quite a challenging uh, area of uh, human services at the moment and I suppose risk is becoming a risk and quality are both becoming a very central point to services in the last number of years and um, I suppose due to this balancing act between I suppose duty of care and dealing your risk, there's kind of two approaches may have could, may be taken in the service. One is kind of a paternalistic uh, approach where I suppose the decisions are made on an I know what's best approach uh, in order to keep everyone safe. Um, and this can lead to I suppose what's called silent harms where people are physically safe but they're not. So they're not in, enjoying hard, all the things in life and taking, I suppose, informed risks where I suppose they can experience independence and autonomy. Uh, I suppose the other option 
or the other kind of way SROs may approach risk is through positive risk taking. And so this isn't ignoring your duty of care. This is this is a systematic approach to I suppose risk assessing and supporting a I suppose people with disabilities to take risks in an informed way where they can where the benefits outweigh the negatives and that's what they can really get enjoyment from taking a risk. Um, so there's a couple of interesting examples of uh, from last year's from last year's workshop where one resident was a uh, I suppose the it was seen as too risky to I suppose a long term flight due to their needs that uh, they, they wouldn't it was felt they wouldn't do well in a I suppose a big plane for a number of hours um, and I suppose true positive risk taking they slowly built up to see if it was possible for a long flight to America so they did small flights in Ireland then went to England. And over a couple of years, that person finally was able to go to America, which was a long-term goal of theirs, uh, despite, I suppose, some of the risks involved. But it was a systematic approach to supporting that person to take a positive risk. So, so they're, the, they're the key, I suppose, learning outcomes for the modules. And uh, as I said, the presentations go through in a lot slower and a lot of, uh, I suppose, a lot more detail regarding each bit. But I suppose the... the the next part is just any. Is there any kind of key questions that people have from the presentations, from I suppose the study you have been doing to date? Is there anything that doesn't make sense or that you want clarity on, or that we can have a brief discussion about? There's no. I suppose there's no particular questions regarding I suppose quality or I suppose the any of the quality management systems. I suppose the one of the key things just to note is that I suppose the first one of the first units provide the outlay of a, a general quality management system. Um, and I suppose the, the PSR, uh, periodic service review, the personal outcome measures, the CASEL and the EFQM are all particular types of quality management systems you can take and implement into a service. And so there are no questions regarding risk or you're, we're, we're all, you're all quite happy with I suppose, the module content when I just get on to the question. So Conan was asking, does anybody have any particular questions that they'd like them to address? Do you want to put up your hand or raise the hand? So, does anybody have any questions that they would like to ask Conan at this stage? No. Everybody's, everybody's totally happy with it, Conan. That's great. It, it all makes sense. I suppose, is there, is there any particular points that were interesting for you, or is there anything that was, I suppose, chatted? Did you, did you find that was it new information, or was it all kind of stuff you've been involved in? You were quite familiar with some of the quality stuff, I'd say, anyway, with the... A lot of that stuff is uh, you would have been engaged with through work. Maybe Conan, would it help if Conan talk a little bit about the exam? Okay, Conan, off you go. So, um, from from my understanding, and Steve or Tony might correct me, but from the last I've heard, I suppose to answer a compulsory question and two of the remaining questions. And um, so there's a hundred marks available, uh, and your compulsory question, which is your seen question, is worth forty of those marks. You have three other questions worth thirty marks each, and you choose two of them. And from my understanding, you'll be you'll be getting the exam on the twenty second of June, uh, and you'll have a you'll have a bit of time to I suppose complete the exam. Twenty four hours. You have twenty four hours I suppose to complete the, the three questions. So I suppose the for the compulsory question, which is a which you I think you've seen by now, is a case study of Ballymore services, um, and I suppose the the question is asked. I suppose I haven't put in the detail of. That's what the, the issues that were found or the, the areas for improvement that were identified. Um, that's what the, the, ultimate, the ultimate piece of the question is asking to do is look at the quality management system and identify one of them and use it in a way to address concerns raised. 
So you're being, you're being asked to provide a professional report outlining how you propose, propose to address the issues raised um, and you have to choose a particular quality management system. Um, so as I said, there's a number of them there. There's a periodic service review, personal outcome measures, the Picasso system or the EFQM. Um, and all of them would have, I suppose, are, are quite similar to the steps that need to be taken. Um, I suppose the second part then is to draw back to plan four of the areas identified and detail how you, I suppose, implement continuous service improvements in value more services to address those areas. So I suppose, like any, like any, um, so project or paper, there is a, a beginning, middle, and end. So for your introduction. So you're, you're briefly introducing the topic. So you're going to tell the reader what the following report is doing, that you're going to detail how the organization intends to address the areas identified for improvement using a quality management system. And so that the action plan will be presented on the implementation of the quality and the monitoring of the quality, continuous quality improvement. And so the introduction is, is Really what you want to identify what quality management system you, you intend to use and an action plan will be developed from that. And so the, the main piece in this report in for your project is the, so the main body, which I suppose you're going to after you identify your quality management system, you're going to define and explain it, what it is, some of the key aspects of it. I suppose maybe set the scene by identifying that quality is everyone's business. This goes back to our total quality management and continuous quality improvements concepts that uh, so it's under total quality management, as I said earlier, it's everyone's business, everyone's involvement. And under continuous quality improvements, we're always trying to, I suppose, ask and see how we can do better and improve the service. The, the third point there is to detail the areas for improvement that you've identified. So I think there's seven areas in the case study and you pick four. So you, of the four you pick, why have you chosen them over the other three? Is there a, is there a priority piece? Is there an impact piece, an outcome piece? What's the rationale? Just the, if there's a particular rationale for you choosing four out of the seven, what, what's that rationale? And so the final step is to draw up an action plan uh, detailing, detailing how you're using the quality management system to address the areas. And so the key thing to know and also keep in mind regarding the action plan, it should be, as so the term is smart, it should be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. Um, so again, it depends on the areas you choose, but you should, have, you should identify people who are going to leave this. You should identify the particular, so the particular actions that you're going to undertake to do it. It shouldn't be a too high level, it should be fairly detailed. So if there's an issue with personal plans that you're going to review personal plans, I suppose with an allied health professional if needed, or you're going to you're going to do a I suppose, <coughs> review of all personal plans. Again, it's to link it back into what the particular issue was, be very specific in how you're responding to it. I suppose the key thing to bear in mind is I suppose you, this is a professional report, so you should be looking at this I suppose if you're a centre manager and um, that you're looking at you, that it's not just you implementing these actions, it's there's a team, I suppose, implementing these actions. Uh, and uh, I suppose you should be looking at it on a centre level rather than, I suppose, too much of a, I'll do everything. Uh, it's, there's a team there at the centre. Uh, how is the centre going to respond? 
what you should be kind of looking at. And so the final piece is that I suppose the conclusion. Uh, and again, I suppose this is probably not new information for you. It's uh, I suppose to provide a very brief overview of the entire piece. Uh, basically, recap what you've done that you've picked the quality management system. You've identified four to seven areas you want to work on. You've developed an action plan, which is I suppose smart. And I suppose you want to review it in an X amount of time to make sure you're on track. And again. So the, you shouldn't be introducing new information in your conclusion. It, uh, it should be a, a recap of everything you've discussed in your main body in the introduction. So in terms of your scene question, I don't know if you had a chance yourself to have a to explore it and uh, I suppose to think about it. I suppose does that does that help you with answering your scene question, or does someone else have different ideas about how you might go about answering it? Conan, I suppose the big question is because um, this is online as opposed to. Um, sitting writing and the fact that we have 24 hours yeah. what kind of word count are we looking at or should we stay under because we have so much time you're kind of going to try put in as much as you want can I answer yeah. that Colin? I'll, I'll defer to Noni <laughs> yeah. you might take it down the overhead so Ingrid we don't have a word count on this um, what I'd be saying is to focus on the quality of what you're doing as opposed to the quantity of it, because long doesn't necessarily mean yeah. better. Yeah. Um, and we, what, when we were coming up with this plan as to how we're going to be able to uh, deliver the exam, we tried to stay as closely as possible to the original format. And exams as a general rule do not have uh, a word count. So for now, we're saying there is no word count for this exam. That doesn't mean what we'll be doing after this exam, because the first time we've done it with such a large group of students, is we will ask for your feedback. So if you felt, if the majority of students felt at the end that a word count would have been healthy, helpful, then we might put that one in for the legislative policy exam. But for this one, there is no word count. But focus on the quality of what you're doing. Typed when you've typed it, when you've edited it, yeah, we do. all yeah, of that. Yeah, we do. 
we would be so we have to do big as per the guidelines. You must do it on the morning between those twenty four hours, and you must type it in to the Google document that you're to the Drive document that you're going to be sharing with us. And we can't, you know that anyway. So the editing history can be checked. So just an, an additional safeguard. Does anybody have any other questions or queries about it? I suppose my question is I find it very hard to hear you, Norma. Of all this um, report, um, I suppose I got wrapped up in the whole history, you know, the way all the other modules, all the other sections of the modules, the history, and then you're talking about um, like the history of um, quality services and the history of services. So I was just going to say all that in other, all the other modules, sections of the module will be used in other questions that we do. We don't all, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to fill my report with all this history of, no, yeah, that, that, I know the module is useful for, and it must be used somewhere else. So we have three other questions of which you need to answer soon. Can people hear me? Yeah, okay. So what we have told the tutors is that the areas that are going to be coming up, um, so those areas are in the other three questions of which you answered two. One of them is on the periodic services used as a tool. That's just one area. Another question is about something that Colin already mentioned about the dignity of risk versus the dignity of care. I'm not telling you the specific question, but that's the area. And then there's a question, there's a quote from Ford from the 1930s. It says, equality means doing it right when no one is looking or is expecting. So it's about discussing that. And in that, now you will be bringing in all of your uh, history, etc. That was my thing. I was just and the report then relaxed within knowing that we had all this other information that needed to be used in somewhere. So we have to assess all of the learning outcomes of the module, but we don't address all of the learning outcomes in any one question. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Does anyone, so um, this all needs to go through Turnitin then, yes, before you submit it. And what kind of percentage do we need to, is it the same that we need to come in below 30? Yes. Okay. And the other question that sometimes come up on that is about uh, referencing. Yeah. So we're saying you do not have need to add a bibliography, but you do need to, if you're making a quote or you're referring to somebody in your written answer, you're in brackets you cite the person or the author. And if you're citing acts of, of the doll, you should, if at all possible, give the year. So you might be saying the Health Act 2007. Did everybody get a copy of the guidelines? Say you made it to everybody, the protocol. So you're also going to be required to include your statement of anonymity and consent and all of that as well. And just make sure to only put your exam number, which is your student number, on the paper. And put your student number where you would normally put your signature or your type in your name at the bottom of the statement of anonymity. So it's only your student number to use it. Any other questions? Lorna, do you want to add anything to say or Dave? Do you want to add anything? No, I think that was very helpful.
Well, that's come up a bit. Um, but I suppose, I presume, you wouldn't be looking for the same quality of an actual assignment that you've been given six weeks to do. You know, it's that. So don't be worrying too much if it's not like. I mean, obviously, you want to be good quality, but yeah, you want to be good quality, of course. But the distinction level, you're not going to be expecting the same quality from a six-week assignment that you might have to do when it's only a 24-hour gap. You know. To, no. And the if you want to have a look at the rubric for the exam, which is up on the learning centre, you'll notice that we don't check, we don't give marks for presentation structure. So, I mean, ideally, and we'd expect that the both of people's spelling and their presentation will be better than in an exam, but you're not going to be marked for that anyway. It's really about the quality of what you're writing. And do you grasp the concept? And can you apply them? Your same question is the same with the on the periodic service review, like Noel. And, um, and then you're just saying the other kind of question could be based on CSR as a tool. Exactly not repetitive, then not would be. You don't have to use the periodic service review in the same question, but if you choose to use it, everybody also knows that one of the other questions is on the periodic service review. Um, but it's it'd be much more about why you're in the same question would be the ask why are you using this method question? Why have I chosen this particular method? The question, the unseen question, will probably be a bit more in depth on periodic service review and its uh, application in disability services. I'm not going to tell you any more about that question. <laughs> but yes, there is, there is the overlap, but you don't have to use periodic service review in your first question if you don't want to. I know, but it's kind of based on that, so I can't, you know, like, uh... okay. I have done. So I don't want to. Don't worry about it. If any of you are having technical issues during the exam, just make sure to contact e-learning and accept me. Okay. Any other questions that people want to ask Coley, our resident expert? No? Yeah. Be sure to contact your tutors. They'll have their tutorials up online in the next couple of weeks. Well, look, in the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you. Nice to meet you all. Best of luck with the exam.